0: Today's episode is brought to you by AFCO Racing Products. For over three decades, AFCO Racing Products has focused on one goal, deliver high quality racing products to those who compete to win. In drag racing, you only get one chance to get it right. Choosing quality components from the start leads to round wins and ultimately leads to championships. At AFCO Racing Products, they engineer manufacture, and produce four-way shocks, struts, and double-adjustable shocks complemented by a complete lineup of springs to support the entire range of drag racing competitors. If you are bracket racing today and future plans include top dragster or top sportsman, they have the correct shock package for you at every stage of your racing career. For tech support, Quality and superior on-track performance. Think AFCO Racing Products. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show, guys, girls. Today is episode number 87. It's the fourth week in November. It is Thanksgiving, or at least it will be Thanksgiving tomorrow when um, we, uh, after we release this episode. So we're calling it the Thanksgiving episode for sure. And I had this bizarre thought this week that uh, given that this is episode number 87, what I would do is I would bring you the show brought to you by um, a car that was released in the year corresponding with this episode. So for instance, we would bring you something along the lines of something built in 1987. And I kind of thought about that a little bit. And then I realized what an incredibly dumb idea that would be, um, given the fact that the first car that I could come up with built in 1987 was an IROC Camaro did not think that was uh gonna really cut it and that said i probably should have started that whole thing back in uh, episode number 32 that we could have started and done that and brought to you a car um based on the episode number in the year corresponding year since then so i am way behind um obviously producer chris fell down um, did not, uh, do his job and get me started way back when on this little theory. Plus it might've stalled out on this episode. Anyway, I don't know if there was anything overly remarkable about the I rock Camaro. Um, although, uh, back in the day, I suppose it was something, but, uh, anyway, producer Chris is now put on double secret probation. And I think that whole thing that I thought of is going to end, uh, right there. So Unless any of you out there are really excited and can come up with a car to focus on and/or feature for the next episodes, which would be 88. Um, you know that said, um, I think we'll cut that off. But it was it was just a thought I had and just thinking about the corresponding years to the number of episodes that we've had on this show. And um, it got me thinking a little bit and uh, brought me back to 87. Kind of hard to believe. But uh, moving on, this is the fourth week in November. It is Thanksgiving uh, week. And let's be honest, we all have a lot to be thankful for. If you're listening to this show, it means you are in the top 1% of all living humans of all time. If you think about it kings and queens back in the day didn't have running water they did not have heating and air conditioning they had of course servants and they could slay uh, thousands of their uh, people just by the wave of their hand and gestures i guess gestures would be a pretty cool thing to have if you could have a gesture uh but um Kings and queens did not have it as good as we have it today, so it is uh, does give us pause and reason to be thankful. So I hope that all of you out there take a moment and uh, really just be thankful for what you have. It's uh, it's been you know um, a long year. We've uh, we're now in I don't know uh, month ninety two or something of the Rona lockdowns. It's it's only getting more bizarre by the day. That said, we do have a lot to be thankful for. And especially if you have a race car, boy, um, there's lots of reasons for that. So, um, you know, also I will say this, you guys and girls cleaned up the messages this week. I'm very thankful for that. Um, You guys uh, figured it out. Didn't have anybody um, messaging with... Made, not made up, but uh, reused screen names, and we didn't have other messages uh, just sent with filters, albeit uh, car or otherwise, sent to me. So that was good. You guys cleaned it up nicely done. Um, also, it was brought up to me that we have not had anyone be podcast certified lately, and that's probably my fault because there have been some interviews and people that have come on that have absolutely deserved to be podcast certified. And for whatever reason, um, I did not give them the cert. So, um, you know, that that's good. Um, that said, um, as long as you guys and girls out there keep cleaning up the emails and you're not... Uh, running those things off the walls or crossing the center lines, then we won't have to decertify anyone either. So stay on the honor system, uh, be good boys and girls out there, and uh, we, we will keep on rolling. I'll say this, I am excited because we have two great guests on today. First of all, Parker Theobald. He is your most recent NHRA National Event Top Dragster winner. And is an absolute rising star, young gun in our sport. Very cool interview with him. And also Greg Schmidt. He is a radial versus the world, outlaw, big tire standout. And a very cool interview with that dude as well. So get to doing whatever it is that you do while you listen to the show. Make your commute. Clean the shop. Work on the old heap. But metaphorically speaking, get your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. All right, let's make a pass. Let's get these things hot. Let's put this in the water box. Man, rev it up. Let's let's get the RPMs going. And actually today is... The, the calmest water box we've ever had in the history of the show. We're uh, just going to pull through nice and easy about uh, three or four grand. The The answer is we didn't have any shenanigans this week. Um, I was half tempted after the last couple of weeks or at least half, um, half thinking about what could potentially happen next. And I thought, uh, you know... Maybe someone was gonna just knock down the tree entirely, just uh, turn the wheels and just run right over the tree. None of that st- stuff happened, which is good. Um, I think we had enough of the craziness over the last couple of weeks, but nobody did anything uh, utterly stupid. and so there's really not a lot to um, rant and or discuss this week, which is good. Because we've got great interviews. So we're going to get right to it and put this thing in the beams right now. All right, on with us now. Let's put this thing in the beams and bring on from St. George, Utah. He is your most recent top dragster national event winner. He's also. Uh, former top 10 in the world in supercomp and your 2019 division 7 supercomp champion please welcome to the show Parker Theobald Parker what is up my man?
1: oh you know just another day in paradise here at, here at work
0: uh, <laughs> right it's uh well you know truly any day above ground is a good day Parker so you know I think we we've got to kind of have that mentality but it's got to be a little sweeter for you given that you've just come off winning uh, a a top dragster championship out in Pomona.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, winning any race is is just great, but uh, especially to win a national event
0: um, in our home division is is, uh,
1: definitely um, one to remember.
0: Yeah, I I bet. And I and we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that for sure in a little bit, but uh let's let's take our listeners way back and and talk about how you got started in drag racing.
1: All right. Um well, to start out, I'm the I'm the youngest uh brother of four siblings. I got three brothers and a sister. Um they all started drag racing before I was even born, so um, in the mid-90s, that's when my siblings started drag racing. Now, obviously, I'm only 21 years old, so I uh, I didn't start racing until the, the mid-2000s. But um, I've grown up my entire life um, in the sport of drag racing, watching my older siblings in, in their juniors, and then as they start, started into big cars um, is when I started actually junior drag racing. Um, I didn't do much junior drag racing because... Uh, my parents were a little burned out of of all the juniors by the time i was
0: uh <laughs> i was in
1: juniors but uh um, when I turned sixteen i i stepped up into a Supercom dragster and that's kind of where i've spent most of my time um,
0: now yeah so you you went i mean and rightfully so went right into <laughs> a big car um and it, you know and i i Love it that we have junior dragster stuff, but uh, it literally gives me a headache to listen to those motors. So I get it from the parent standpoint, but they put you in a big car right away and it did not take you long uh, to, to get it done. I mean, you, you win what, three years later at the age of 19, you win um, a super comp division championship. Yeah,
1: that's, that's correct. I actually won my first divisional um, right before my 17th birthday. So uh Within like the first year, I I started having success in the in the super comp car, but like I said, I had to watch. I I got to watch. Let me say, uh, uh, four of my siblings, and and watch their trial on air and and learn from their mistakes and and also learn from their successes though. So, I had I had a whole handful of of knowledge before I even got into the car.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um, and do all of them drag race or um, or? they all at the track with you? Usually when you load up, do you, uh, you get to bring the whole family?
1: Uh, yeah, most of the time we, uh, we all traveled together as a family. Um, we got two motor homes, full of cars. So, um, my oldest brother, Travis, uh, he races, uh, a supercom dragster. Then my brother, Dallas, he actually doesn't travel with us a whole lot anymore, but, um, he's more into, uh, off-road dirt biking, um, Baja type stuff. And, he he's a he's a champion in the off road stuff. Um, then my sister Lindsay she races she races top dragster and super gas in a in a Barracuda that my dad had built. And then um, Tanner, my next oldest sibling, he races super comp. And then me and I race super comp. And then actually next year I'll be stepping into stock eliminator. And I've sold my super comp dragster so
0: interesting okay well i i knew you had um you know the whole family on board which is super cool and um i knew you know your sister obviously Lindsay. um she's she's um you know extremely um has done had a great year and she's done really su- super well here and so you know obviously see her on the leaderboards all the time when i'm reading that stuff um but mm-hmm. um, but i i didn't know about your brother who does the off-road stuff because you're in and, and we'll just do a little geography lesson here because I didn't know it. Um, maybe some of our listeners didn't as well. But you're in St. George, Utah. Um, and tell us where that is because I, I, yeah, I would have no idea. I would just say, okay, there's Mormons out there and call it a day. But that's not exactly correct, right?
1: <laughs> not exactly. Um, we're actually just an hour and a half north of Las Vegas. Um, the racetrack down there is, is our closest track, actually. Um, we're, we're four hours uh, away from Salt Lake, um, that's formerly where Rocky Mountain Raceways used to be. Um, unfortunately, that truck's no longer with us because um, they decided to build a big, huge warehouse where that track was, mm. and it was getting pretty close to some of the homes that were being built out there. So,
0: so really, uh, now that you know that has happened, Vegas is your home track. Is that right?
1: Yeah, Vegas has always been our home track. We're actually pretty fortunate for uh division seven because we're pretty centrally located um vegas is only like i said an hour and a half phoenix is roughly six hours and then fontana is five hours pomona is five and a half hours um i think sonoma is probably our farthest drive and it's it's roughly nine hours okay back here out, out west we have to travel a little bit more than and than you guys back
0: east Uh, no doubt. Um, yeah. And I mean that, that does give you a little bit of reprieve right from all the window time that that a lot of you guys out, um, you know, in division six and division seven, seven have comparatively, I would say, um, you know, here in division three land, I mean, it's, there's, there's tracks pretty much every direction. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, you guys spend a lot of time on the road and, and that's, that's all part of the game out there.
1: Yeah. Well, what was crazy is this last year, um, so many of our divisionals in other places got canceled, so we had like four or five divisionals in Vegas, and then one in Tucson, and then one in Phoenix, so um, there was only like three tracks we raced at last year besides um, Pomona, which is only in na- that, there's only a national event at Pomona, so we, it was like a track championship for Las Vegas as all <laughs> right. and then looking looking forward into next year, there's a double in phoenix and then the rest are vegas races because i guess none of the other tracks around here want to have a divisional
0: that that's kind of interesting and and vegas is a such a fantastic facility i mean in and of itself i mean so that that's good for a lot of people but uh, even even better for somebody like you who lives fairly close right
1: yeah i was i was gonna say i'm not complaining because it's our closest track but um i just I hate to see it for all of our other competitors who have to travel and make all of their their uh, logistical plans. It's just hard for them to come out is the problem.
0: Yeah, I, I, I get that, and I appreciate your concern. But, you know, truthfully, um, if you have to make a trip to Vegas, there are a lot worse places to go, brother. I mean, you, you if you go, I just got to go to Vegas, I have to go to Vegas. <laughs> well, I mean, there are worse things, right?
1: there there's definitely worse places um when we go to vegas i mean the track is about as fur- furthest i get into vegas i don't really like to go into town i mean obviously got to make my in and out run but other <laughs> than that i just typically stay at the track
0: the, I, kn- I know exactly where that in and out burger is too that you're talking about um and uh yeah that's uh that's that's really the thing you got to do when you go to vegas is just hit the in and out burger
1: Oh, that's it. Just the in and out and, and, uh, and the track. Um, what's funny is that I have an in and out here in, in St. George, but I think I go to the one in Vegas when we go to the races more than I go to the one here.
0: (laughs) Well, um, yeah, that's, that's good. Um, that, that's pretty interesting. Um, well, yeah, so let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, about your, your racing. Like, so you were racing super comp, um, all this year and, Talk to us a little bit about how that went, um, for you this year.
1: Okay. So, uh, this year it actually was a little slow for us. Um, my brothers had sold their supercomp cars and we had some brand new ones on order at Miller and we actually didn't end up getting them until, um, just a couple of months ago. But, um, so we didn't do much traveling. Me and my sister actually just loaded up just me and her cause we're the only ones who had cars and, we headed to uh, Pomona, the the Winter Nationals that actually took place in in the summertime, and we didn't have too much success there. Lindsay, I think she lost third or fourth round. Um, then we headed to Boise, Idaho. They had a a bracket race there, the Nightfire Nationals. It's been mm-hmm. going on for I think fifty or sixty years. Right. Um, I had some success up there. I I actually won. There was three ten granders. I won the first 10 grander and then I semi'd the second 10 grander and then I think I lost fourth round of the the third 10 grander but that's bracket racing not not so much super comp Mm -hmm. um then we then we went down to Vegas and my brothers got their new cars and um, my brother actually Tanner he won the very first race out in his new car so that was pretty cool to have such immediate success um in a new car for him
0: Man, it's a, it's always no, one of those um, awesome things, right? When you get a new car, um, like there's there's very few um, feelings like that, right? When you pick up that new car and it's it's all shiny and um, you know just it, especially when it works for you right away. I mean, it's a pretty unbelievable feeling, isn't it? Yep. And Tanner, yeah, Tanner won it. his first first time out, right? With it.
1: Yep, very first time out with it, and uh, and he actually. He had only raced one divisional before that one, and he only had five divisionals, and he finished fifth in the division. So, um, pretty good year for him, even though he didn't race a whole lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's impressive. So you've been running super comp, and you know have obviously former division champion. You're having that. Um, how did it? How did it come about that you were going to enter the Pomona National to run top dragster? How'd that even shake out?
1: So uh, we're gonna we're gonna bounce back to the Vegas divisional here a couple weeks ago. All right. Um, My sister actually was running top dragster in her car, and she pulled up there for the qualifying kit. It was actually a double divisional. She pulled up for a qualifying kit and did her burnout, and she shut it off. And we're like, what the heck? But she was also doing a burnout next to one of the blower cars, so it's just loud, Mm -hmm. like. Did, did did you break or what and she said it was knocking like crazy well come to find out she uh had torn up a rod bearing in her 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 motor and so i actually had pulled my my super comp car and i was just there hanging out and uh we came home and took the engine out of it and she's like hey do you want to run super comp in my car the rest of the year we have um our backup engine and we can just throw it throw it in and you can run super comp the rest of the year if you want. I was like, you know what? Might as well. You're going to race, um, super gas in your car. And, and I'll just jump in and race super comp in your dragster. Well, the super comp setup is a little bit difficult to, uh, run in her top dragster. So I was going into Pomona. I was, it was Monday actually before Pomona, right before you have to drop and stuff. And I was like, Man, it'd be nice if I could just race top dragster because then I don't gotta worry about all the super comp stuff and mm-hmm. the throttle stop and the shock setup and all that stuff. And I looked at the list and there was only 31 entries in in top dragster, so it was like, "heck, I'm just gonna jump in top dragster <laughs> and and it'll be way more consistent than than it would be if I ran super comp." So that's how I kind of jumped into top dragster and Pomona.
0: Yeah, and you made the so it was a full field then. It's thirty-two cars. Um, Really, you had you hadn't um, you hadn't really run. You hadn't really run a lot of that. But I guess you have a bracket set up in that for it anyway. Like you've been bracket racing, so it wasn't total, uh, totally different for you, right? Right.
1: We do a we do as much bracket racing as we can. There's not there's not a whole lot out here, but uh, we we tend to hit all the all the bracket races when they come this way. Um, The funny thing is, is I had only ran Top Dragster maybe two times before that in divisionals um, because my brother had had raced Top Dragster before and he was chasing points and I was just trying to be a blocker for him but didn't have much success in Top Dragster before.
0: So let me get this straight. This was Lindsey's car but your motor? And that that was what you entered in?
1: So it's Lindsey's car and my brother-in-law he had a roadster. I know you love roadsters.
0: <laughs> no, but, uh, I don't. But okay, we,
1: yeah. <laughs> we we just got rid of that roadster, so we threw the the 598 into uh, Lindsey's dragster.
0: As well you should, Parker, as well you should get rid of the Roadster. So uh, I couldn't be happier to hear that. I mean, you know that that makes me happy. So, all right, that, that makes sense. And let's let's be honest. There's a little bit of karma going on there when you take that motor out of a Roadster and you put it in something more fitting, and then it automatically goes to the winner circle, right? I mean, that that really does make a lot of sense, and there's a lot of karma in that at least in my opinion,
1: whatever you say,
0: <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's great stuff. Um, that well, I just wanted to make sure I had that right. So you're driving your sister's car, your brother-in-law's, uh, it's got your brother-in-law's motor in it. And then, you know, so that wasn't a really a known combination, but, uh, was there a point in that? I mean, there's 32 cars right in that field. So that's a, that's a five round race. Was there a round where you kinda of went, hey, I got through there, um the car's good. I you know, I got a chance at winning this thing.
1: You know, I, I just I went into that race with the mindset is I ain't gonna judge the finish line at all. I mean I was looking but I was pretty much just driving it straight to the wind light is, as I've been saying. Right. Just making five five time runs. Um but you were asking if there was a point in, in the race where I I kind of feel like I had it in the back, but uh, not really, actually. I, the car was pretty good. I wasn't driving too terrible, but um, it was always a, a nerve-wracking when, when you're dialed 740 and you're getting chased by a second and a half almost every round.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, how do, how do you deal with that? Because I, I think that's a whole conversation uh, that is happening more and more in top dragster. How did, how did you were you a little bit nervous? I mean, the fact that uh, there's probably at least fifty mile an hour difference between the guys coming behind you and you know dealing with that at the stripe.
1: Um, not so much nerves in in the racing strategy and stuff like that. More just the, the safety standpoint when you're getting chased by fifty miles an hour. It's, it's just a little bit uh nerve wracking when, when you can't see them and you don't know where they are. Right. But uh also also nerve wracking as in man, I would look like an idiot if they broke on the starting line and I go like a foul <laughs> under or something.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You see that every so often and you just go, oh man, like that's a long drive home for whoever did that. Right. And you see it every so often in these bracket races or whatever. And you just go, oh, um, yeah. So, and, and, but really, I mean, you're going, uh, what were, what was your uh, mile per hour at the stripe?
1: I was, if I, if I had legged it, I was going about
0: 181 miles an hour is all yeah so you're going 180 they're coming by at 220 um you know like it would be easy to make that mistake i think right because i mean they're coming so quick at the end so um yeah that's uh, that's probably a rightful um thought to have in your mind in in addition to the safety but it worked out right it worked out
1: yeah it, it, it worked out pretty well um in my personal opinion and this might um make some of the top dragster top sportsman guys kind of mad i feel like the the most consistent combination is naturally aspirated and and not necessarily going 610 i feel like there's a lot more consistency in in that combination than there is in the blower cars and all the pro charger cars but um obviously danny nelson and, and people like that can definitely prove me wrong
0: yeah that that's such a great uh, thought and you know kind of discussion point i would say because certainly you know in in a naturally aspirated combo that's a proven thing you can dial it um maybe to the thousandth right you you've got that combination figured out and but um then do the guys and i think the pdra kind of has this thing figured out right where the guys that really truly want to go as fast as possible you know they kind of play in their own playground and so so NHRA i think uh, maybe no fault of their own is you know they're they're going to have to figure that out and decide whether you know they um, because to your point i think it is like a you know um, what you were dialed uh, 740s i think is what you said so i mean that that is you know reasonable it's in the rules all that stuff but do the guys that are dialed 610 uh, want to chase that much and and I think there's just as much a safety factor as there is a uh, competition leveling factor so I think it's a, it, it's a kind of a fascinating discussion probably one we need to dig into a little bit further on the Fast Brackets podcast as the winter goes on because um, it's getting more and more to the point you're seeing it especially on the east coast and it sounds like uh, you're seeing it more and more on the west coast as well
1: yeah for sure um, the hardest part about just being a natural aspirated car is obviously qualifying. Um, it's it's getting. I know it's very difficult back east, but uh, most of the time we have forty eight car fields out here in in divisionals. So um, still qualifying
0: is is still the difficult part. Right. Well, and you knew right there were only thirty two cars there, so you knew you were getting in as long as. Um, everything went well, right? As long as that Roadster motor, uh, you know, kind of behaved.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I knew I was getting in. That's that's pretty much the only reason I, I had entered top directs here is because there's only 32 cars and I knew I could qualify. I didn't really want to put the nitrous to to this engine because it doesn't have the right rings. and Yeah. And I just didn't want to hurt it
0: yeah no it makes sense um well it certainly worked out for you and and man um what a great way to end the season i'm assuming your season is done for the year is that right you're in uh winter uh, mode and get ready for next year is that right
1: yeah um we're we we put all the cars away um this last weekend um except for my brother tanner he's gonna go down to vegas there's a thanksgiving bracket race but um i'm married now and and uh I get to do the the family thing and go and to Thanksgiving and, and do sure. all that stuff.
0: All right. So you're married, um, and you mentioned you're you're at work right now. What do you do? What do you do for a living, Parker?
1: Okay, so my, my father, he owns a steel construction and fabrication business. Um we build a lot of commercial steel buildings, car dealerships, um, high schools, uh things like that. So i'm a i'm a welder fabricator here at here at the shop here at Theobald okay. construction um my I have older brothers that work here as well tanner and travis both work here
0: and, and are you guys busy so that, i'm I'm uh, guessing you guys are busy every time i turn around somebody's putting up a new building is that uh kinda how kind of how it works for you guys too or are you guys super busy right now
1: yeah fortunately uh the the covid and the pandemic hasn't hit us too hard the the hardest part about what we're doing right now is just the, the prices of materials and and things like that. So we're just we're staying way busy. It's just it's everybody else getting their prices
0: higher, yeah.
1: so we have to as well.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, we're all dealing with that. Um, that's that's what probably makes it sweeter to take uh, take possession of new race cars right now because we kind of know in six months they're going to be you know thirty to forty percent. Higher, just based on materials and labor costs and all that stuff, right?
1: Exactly. Uh, we 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 outguessed them and, and ordered them at the
0: right time. I guess. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, well, got,
1: got got lucky like I did in <laughs> uh, in Pomona. No,
0: that's that's great, guys, girls. We have had uh, several young guns on the show before. But uh, today you heard another one of those guys, Parker Theobald, somebody um, rising star in our sport. Obviously, former um, divisional champion, former national champ um, at Pomona, and uh, really excited to have Parker on today. Dude, appreciate your time. Um, enjoy Thanksgiving with the family, and um, you know we'll have you on again soon. I'm
1: good. Thanks for having me on, Rex.
0: Guys, girls, that was Perker Theobald. If you need him, today's half track report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com. You may not need an attorney right now, but when you do, it's time to go see Ed Harney at DragRaceLawyer.com. For all your high horsepower legal needs. Now today, uh, guys, girls, let's um, talk about the NHRA divisional winners. And it's it's important, in my opinion, to talk a little bit about them because, I mean, these guys battled. Um, they went through the entire season and uh, made the trip, spent the time. These are long weeks sometimes, uh, crisscrossing the country to get all the divisional um events in and so we need to talk about them today starting in division one for the nhra in top dragster your divisional champion for 2021 is brandon miller vince mussolino was second david petrovsky fast freddie perkins and rebecca miller round out the top five and from a top dragster standpoint Uh, Very nice group, but congrats goes to Brandon Miller. On the top sportsman side, Robert Fortuna wins the top sportsman crown there. Robert, or Ronald, I should say, Regal. Uh, Second, Michael Daniel, third. Jeff Brooks and Alan Davinoski, they round out the top five. So congrats to Brandon Miller and Robert Fortuna for winning the Division I uh, top dragster and top sportsman championships. On to Division Two. Top dragster. No surprise. Jeff Strickland wins it. Anthony Bertozzi is second. Steve Fur, third. I mean, what a killer group there. Uh, Clint Riley um, is fourth. And then Brooke Foley and Alexis Whitaker tie for fifth. Uh, nice, really nice group there. On the top sportsman side, Doug Gerber wins it. He had a really great year, uh, especially early. Jackie Bennett is second. Ronnie Proctor, third. Johnny Brooks is fourth. And then Bruce Duncan and Scott Underwood tie for fifth. So, interestingly enough, in Division Two, uh, both ties in top dragster and top sportsman for fifth. Um, so, just a really top heavy group um, for all of Division Two. So, congrats to Jeff Strickland and Doug Gerber for winning top dragster and top sportsman championships in NHRA Division Two, On to Division Three, your national championship winner and top dragster, Blake Pivler, also gets it done in the divisional side. And then his father, Al Pivler, gets second. So a pretty nice uh, Christmas coming for the Peevler family. Uh, Blake winning the national championship, winning the division three championship and Al getting runner up in division three. Then Bo Butner, you maybe you've heard of that dude gets third. Danny Nelson, uh, former national champion, gets fourth and then J.B. Strasway gets fifth. I mean, that that whole crew is a bunch of crushers and Blake just had an unbelievable year and congrats goes to the Peevler family. On the top sportsman side, Steve Yeager wins. And, I mean, you have to understand this. He has 369 points. Uh, Jerry Albert is second with 282. So, I mean, Steve Yeager put uh, just a quite a spread um, on that, winning that event or winning the division there. A really unbelievable season for Steve Yeager. Congrats to him. Uh, Jerry Albert is second. Kurt Frederick, former division winner, is third. Tim Kerman and then Billy Toman round out the top five. So, congrats to ba- Blake Peavler and Steve Yeager for winning the Division Three Top Sportsman and Top Dragster Championships. In Division Four, and Division Four had a great year overall in terms of winning national championships and and um, just overall they had a. a really represented the division well nationally. Um, and in top dragster, Darian Bosch wins. Um, then there's a and former national champion in the top sportsman side. You know, obviously always a tough out for anybody he faces. Uh, but then we have some interesting things here. So set, tying for second place are Holden and Ross Larice. So um, dad and son tie for second behind Darian Bosch. division four and then you have jr baxter um, edging out his father rusty baxter for fourth and fifth so you have darian um his dad also runs in top dragster and then you have father son father son so you have really an interesting dynamic in in division four down there so very cool stuff that way on the top sportsman side vince hoda gets it done he is your champion followed by Darian Bosch, Bob Galitti, David Bills, and Scooter Hampton. So really cool setup there on the top dragster side. Darian Bosch gets the win. Congrats to him. Vince Hoda uh, claims a championship on the top sportsman side. In Division 5, then you go to Bradley Johnson, who wins the top dragster championship. Had an outside shot at winning the national championship, uh, but gets it done in Division 5, wins there. Then you have... Uh, kind of the girls' club here. Afton Swanson getting it done, and uh, or at least finishing number two. Victoria Johnson finishing number three. Emily Novak finishing number four. And then Matt Keft uh, finishing fifth. So uh, Bradley Johnson and Matt Keft were, um, were in the minority in the top five there. Uh, really, really fun group there. Alan Firestone wins on the top sportsman side. You know him. He's been on the show um, for... Uh, but he wins. He has 302 points to win top sportsman. Kelly Land, very, very close, uh, 292 points. So 10-point spread there between first and second. Uh, Kelly had a great year that way. J.J. Heber, Ryan Julius, and Greg Lair. I am doing all of you guys a disservice by not having Greg Lair on the show, and that is uh, absolutely on me um, because he's a, he's an absolutely great racer and uh, uh Good dude to have on, so I need to do that here soon. Uh, But congrats in Division 5 to Bradley Johnson and Alan Firestone for being divisional champs. Continuing to move west in top dragster for Division 6 is Cody Hyatt. Uh, Second place is Ryan Carlson, then Gerald Devin Peck. Jake Neubauer is fourth, and Paul Nero, your hero, is number five, um, rounding out that group. Um, on the top sportsman side is Jake Neubauer. He he gets fourth in top dragster, wins in top sportsman by one point. He finishes with three hundred and fifteen points. Doug Bracy finishes with three hundred and fourteen points. Uh, tough, tough there for Doug. So he's going to be rethinking, uh, you know, almost every round. Is the whole offseason. That is tough. Uh Darren Shank is third. Yeshua well, Wilcox is fourth. And then Robert Strom is fifth. So congrats to Cody Hyatt on the top dragster side. Jake Neubauer on the top sportsman side for winning your Division 6 championships. And then out to Division 7 all the way to the West Coast in top dragster, it's Jeff Conley uh, edging out Phil Dion. Actually, they tied um but i believe jeff conley gets the win due to the fact he ran one less event uh jeff conley and phil Dion finished with 318 points uh, rick misalana Eno, uh sorry i i butchered that for sure rick milizano uh brianna weens and dan naylor uh all in the top five there as well um, and then on the top sportsman side, Paul Mitzos has a great year 399 points. I mean, really really impressive. Uh, second is Ed the Undertaker open. then you have Monty Green in third, Jeff Conley again in fourth um, and then Mira Silvia in fifth. So Jeff Conley uh, Phil Dion for all essential purposes and then Paul Mitzos had all had great years um, out in division seven. Next week, I think we'll dig in a little bit more to the NHRA National Championship points earners. Um, They all deserve some recognition for that. So that's what we'll do next week on the Half Track Report. Oh, let's get out of the groove here for just one second and bring on a... Kind of an outlaw drag uh, racer here. He is your 2016 Brainerd International Raceway outlaw champion, and most recently competed in Radial versus the World. Welcome to the show from Brainerd, Minnesota, Greg Schmidt. Greg, how are we doing today, man?
2: Man, we're doing pretty good. This, uh, this this time of the year up in Minnesota is always a weird time because we're we're get, starting to get cold, so we're putting things away and getting ready for snow and. And uh, then Thanksgiving always pops up into the middle of everything. So it's a, a hectic time up in Northern Minnesota and it's getting colder, but that also means it's time to start uh, building race cars.
0: Right. Right. Um, and Brainerd, Minnesota, of course, uh, uh, Paul Bunyan, Blue Ox, all that stuff. Do you know, uh, Paul Dunyan personally? Um, is that, a, should I ask that? right So,
2: off? so there, there used to be a place here in Brainerd, Minnesota, which, uh, I know a lot of the listeners know it as from the Lucas Oil Nationals uh, NHRA event up here. Sure. Um, but there used to be uh, Paul Bunyan Land, actually, here. It was an amusement park, and it's still here. But Paul Bunyan was a big animatronic deal, and um, your parents would tell them your name beforehand. When she, I know this now, that I'm 33, <laughs> but when you're eight, you think it's amazing when you walk in, and this giant Paul Bunyan goes hey there Greg I hope you have a great birthday or whatnot and you're like oh this is the best thing in the world so great. yeah Paul Bunyan Paul Bunyan knows me on a first hand basis I, I love for it. many
0: years <laughs> I love it I love it now, that's good stuff and certainly in uh that area it is I mean it's the off season now right it's it's cold uh snow maybe on the ground and it's time to build some race cars so let's let's talk a little bit about your race car specifically because it's a bad dude
2: all right. Well, so for, for the people out there, I know that this is, I mean, I listen as well, um, but the, a lot of people are top sportsmen and top dragster guys out there. But uh, we have a uh, 2010 uh, Camaro body on a, uh It's a full R8 Docal chassis uh, built by Innovative Metalworks in Lafayette, Minnesota here. And it uh, has a 528, uh, soon to be 535 cubic inch, billet hemi um with a 118 millimeter precision turbo um backed with a uh, close ratio three speed turbo 400 transmission uh has like huge dump valves and such on there uh holly efi on board but that holly efi does not control fuel because we're doing everything with a blow-through carburetor from apd so it uh, quite the different little setup but um we put it on the hub dino last year and uh we cut it a little short but we went uh, 2,661 horse to the hubs, and then we were able to turn it up and uh, even more when we went down to Georgia after that.
0: That's uh, impressive stuff. And, it, and you're right, that's kind of an interesting combo. And I guess um, I, I would also ask, is that as steel roof and quarters for some of the outlaw stuff you have to do? I mean, is that part of it or no?
2: Yeah, we built the car to basically, um, for future stuff, if I ever wanted to run, say, No Prep Kings, I want to make sure that the car was uh, 100% legal for that. So, yeah, the car is steel roof and quarters. It actually still has the rocker panels down below that still say Chevrolet Camaro on there. I even still have the tire tag in the door jam. So it says that I'm supposed to put my tire pressure at like 35 PSI, which I'd never do. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, this car was actually also an original 2010 Hennessy car. Um, and uh, I cut that completely up and uh, sent pictures to Hennessy of that. And they didn't like that, but
0: oh well. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Um, well, but, uh, but it is <laughs> faster and better um, now. So, so we all like that. Right. Um, it Now, you you mentioned it's it's a unique combination. Uh, How did you settle on that,
2: per se? Um, Well, a couple of reasons. One, the fuel system that you need for EFI for something of that power level is very expensive. Uh, You're talking... Just the injectors alone are going to be, you know, probably in that three thousand dollar range,
0: mm-hmm. and then you
2: still need a throttle body and rails and, you know, all the extra stuff to go with it. Injector drivers, most likely, because you're going to be using a pretty big injector. Uh, so uh, cost was one deal. Um, I was able to pick up this entire system from APD for in the right around thirty two hundred dollars. I got it on sale through PRI in like twenty nineteen. Right. And uh, so that was that was one reason. But also, a lot of people have said, you know, carburetors don't work. Carburetors are a thing of the past. You can't go fast on a carburetor. And I like proving people wrong when I can. Um, this was a big, I'm going to prove people wrong uh, uh, gamble <laughs> 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 on this. But because uh, you got a very expensive engine and a, and a lot less expensive fuel system on top. So, but we've been able to do some really neat things with the uh, integration of that Holly EFI, the Dominator system, with the uh the blow through carb and all the other stuff on there
0: too so yeah that's no it's it's very impressive um and you you put the uh radials on it um but uh and you mentioned you mentioned that you know it's a it's a little cheaper to do the blow through stuff um but i think you had been a nitrous guy for a long time right so what what made you go to the the turbo
2: so, I was a die-hard nitrous guy to the point I've got a set of nitrous nozzles tattooed on my bicep. Uh, <laughs> it's plumbed into me. Um, I got nitrous in my veins. I love it. But uh, in 2019, uh, I had debuted a, a new third-gen Camaro race car, another steel roof and quarter deal. And on the sixth pass, I ended up rolling the car. Um, the wishbone broke at about 1,000 foot or just before, hit the wall. Um, bounced off that I was in the right lane, went into the left lane, ended up slipping upside down, Slid on my roof for about 500 feet. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of like my dream car. And because since I was a young kid, I thought third gen Camaros were the coolest. Apparently I had a mullet when I was like, you know, three or four types of I wasn't going to say anything, but uh, I think we all... Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's thinking it. It's <laughs> right. <It's fun. laughs> but no, I always wanted that. And uh, we built this really, really beautiful car, and then I ended up wrecking it. So... After that, um, I and that was kind of your
0: that was kind of your dream car, right? You put everything exactly the I'd way put you wanted. it. put
2: That had a Brodix like ten seven hundred block, so an ultra tall deck six thirty two in there with a nice long rod. Um, I I'd spun it to like ninety one ninety two hundred on about a seven hundred pill. Um, the thing, I mean, it was one of the coolest things. Like you'd see eighteen inch candles coming out the side, going down the track, big tires. I mean, that engine and, and that thing was, was really, really fun. Uh, but ended up, yeah, it, it rolled. Um, and it, it, it kind of bit me, you know, inside a bit like, man, that was, am I, do I want to build another one? Do I just want to, you know, I don't want to sound bad when I say, do I just want to build a bracket car? Cause there's a lot of really cool and fast bracket cars. up sure. there. Yeah. Um, I was, I, I just was up last week at Mullis race cars up in Fargo and, they, they built some really cool uh, rail cars up there so that was neat to see but um, yeah so we decided if we're gonna build another car we like door cars that's kind of our thing um, I just don't want any memory of that car you know? yeah. so let's I get change that. everything so we went to because we had a third gen before that that third gen as well so we went to a uh, a fifth gen Camaro we repaired the chassis we had to do a front half on it the firewall was okay we did replace the uh, the funny car cage and some of the other stuff that got eaten up on the, when it was on its roof. But it is a uh, 25.2, 25.1 chassis that was certified again. We decided, let's get rid of the big block because we're going to go boost. Let's do we want to go Pro Charger? So our original idea was, let's go Hemi Pro Charger. That's the hidden thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Until you look at the
2: cost of Pro Chargers and Pro Charger brackets. And then you go, you know what? That 121 Pro Charger I'm looking at, I could put a 118 in front of it like a turbo and it doesn't take anything to spin that turbo like it does the pro charger. And I don't have to have brackets. Right. So kind of decided, Hey, let's, let's, let's try this venture a little bit more and uh, turned out pretty cool. So um, that's kind of how we went from the nitrous to the, the turbo setup. Um, And I, it sounds really weird. I tuned the, uh, the, the turbo car, very similar to how i would tune the nitrous car you know for the ramps and the boost and what i'm doing with some timing down low and off of the button touch there so it's uh it's very similar the way that i do
0: it it might not be the way everybody else does it but it works for us sure yeah absolutely um well that that's an interesting way i mean i've I've been there listeners of the show know that i have been there um which is going down the track upside down going hmm I, this i don't like this whole action right here um and but yeah, to, you
2: you had a you had a uh a, a, a roll over the same year 2019 correct
0: right it was a it wasn't very far um off the, you know when you did yours so I, I was feeling uh it was i was feeling for you because i was like man i know that and it was it was awful it was a the worst you know it took me three days to sleep and to you know, eat anything. And it was a bad, bad weekend. That's for sure.
2: So one thing that I know you'll understand and anybody that's listening out there that, that has gone through that, which if you have out there, you have rolled a card. I feel for you. It's it's one of the worst feelings in the world. Um, if you've done it multiple times, uh, man, you're, <laughs> you're, you're much more of a man than I am. But when, for the people who haven't, you know, gone through that, um, and, and Rex, you can probably go over there when you sit in your car, any racer, that's your, that's your safe place. You know, yes. you are, you're good in here. There's only one other car. You're going the same direction. You're safer in that car than you are out on the street, you know, yep. in, in essence, because you don't have anybody else coming at you or anything. But when you're upside down and you hear everything being ripped away and you see the little pebbles of the asphalt in the shutdown area, you know, like six inches from your eye, right. you don't have that, you don't have that safe place feeling anymore and that's what really gets to a guy so um if you if you have a friend out there that has had that rollover maybe don't give them that hard time right away and say (laughs) hey man i know what you're going through i I can only feel because it is a tough one for a a lot of people to go through
0: yeah there's no doubt um being upside down is an interesting experience and for me it was watching the fuel dump out um on the ground that was where it got really uh, puckered up for me Real. so to speak yeah i was like uh, i can i can Pro, i feel good about the cage i feel like you know i'm all i use all the good safety equipment i but uh when you know the fire stuff uh, really makes me nervous so um that's what i always fear for when i see people you know tear their stuff up and it, it's, it's never good but it, it is uh you know once you've done it boy it changes you a little bit doesn't it
2: oh absolutely um your your fire suppression system is one of the uh, the best things you can get whether you're a, you know, your, your top sportsman racing where, you know, it's a required deal to, Hey, you know what? I just have a fast, uh, you know, small tire car that I, I race, you know, it, no prep events on, Put right. that suppression system in there because you, yeah, and, <laughs> and pull the, stupid key out of it people but i don't need to tim mccain with that there but uh like that right there was the best thing i pulled that when i saw the carburetors get ripped off and and thrown off there i pulled that and i knew i was safe there you know i I had everything good so
0: yeah that's great yeah that's that's great stuff well now that you've got this uh new combo and you've got it shook down now right i mean you um you went and did radio versus the world and you have put big tires on it and uh where where exactly yeah we've done
2: so last year, 2021, um, we uh, we came out with the car again. We kind of, during 2020, COVID was kind of, eh, so we had, like hit some races here and there and started to learn the setup a bit more. But then 2021 uh, this year, we definitely dove in a lot harder. We went to Georgia in February of this year, which uh, we're coming up on February again real quick, but I yeah. uh, went down to Lights Out 12 down there and put radials on for the first time um a lot of people said to us hey you gotta try radials this is a cool thing give it a shot this and that okay so we'll put them on um went down there had a lot of really good help from a lot of people down there uh brad edwards um first of the threes on radials um him and i have become uh good friends through a mutual sponsor of afco and okay. uh i went, then when i said hey i, I need some help getting this set up he helped me get some of the chassis set up close you know because uh, each chassis is going to be a little different. He gave us some pointers. Um, the AFCO guys, we talked with them down there, um, and uh, we were able to get it down. We went from blowing tires off like three or four runs in a row to uh, we qualified for the event with a uh, a 426. And then uh, in E1 eliminations, we had the extremely fast but also extremely nice person of Melanie Salemi. And. Okay. Um, yeah, super. She's super nice. It was great to talk with their team in the staging lanes while they were doing prep. That uh, they they have a really good crew there, so it was it was neat to see their dynamic that they have. But um, went down. We went four seventeen at one hundred and eighty one in E one. Um, still lost. But uh, Melanie Fleming has broken the world record like two or three times for like fastest radial car out there. So I'm not going to uh, you know take that too hard.
0: Right. Right. Um,
2: it was, it was a really fun time to go do that. That was a personal best um, of, you know, I had a personal best 60 foot. I had a personal best 330, and I also had a personal best 660, all in one pass. Uh, if I could have gone, you know, double O on the tree, I probably would have been a personal best on that for elimination, too. So. <laughs> sure. Um, but, yeah, that was a, that was a fun time. Um, we came back to Minnesota, and we swapped back to big tires and did some big tire racing. Um, and then we did some more radial racing. Uh, the car is set up where we can kind of swap back and forth from a radial to a big tire.
0: Uh, we have a difference
2: with the shocks. We have different four-link bars, uh, different gears, uh, different wheels. So we with like the radials just stay stand on one wheel set. The big tires stand on one wheel set. Um, and we just swap them over when we need to. Uh, I, got uh, I got you. It takes about eight hours.
0: I got you. So is that then the plan to go down um, again for... In February, then to race uh, Radio versus the World again.
2: Yes, so uh, I'll I'll plug myself here just a little. Uh, I have a YouTube channel that uh, has been growing quite a bit. Um, It's called Bad Influence Garage on YouTube, and we are actually showing. um, Last year, we did the entire uh, build of and build up of going to Radio versus the World and Lights Out, and then every day while I was there, I did an update of what happened. So, uh, you know, if we did testing on Tuesday, that'd come out on Wednesday and you could see what happened the day before, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So we are doing the same thing now because we did have a crankshaft failure in the middle of the 2021 season this year, where we uh, broke a billet Bryant crankshaft into three pieces. So that took out the block, the crank, um, and then obviously some rods and such. So we have a new block, new crank, everything going together. And we're showing that all on our YouTube channel of, Hey, this is, this is what we found from the blow-up. You know, we tore it down on, on camera and showed everybody, hey, this is what happens. You know, We just try to be real and show, hey, you know? yeah, we can make 3,000 horsepower, but it can still break just like a, your bracket engine does, and we tear it apart the same way.
0: Man, yeah, well, 3,000 horse tends to uh, cause a little more violence when it goes awry, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it
2: does. Uh, and the parts are a lot more expensive, but yeah. uh, there's still eight slugs moving up and down, and uh, you 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 look for that why all the time. You know, why did this happen? Why all did right. this break? You know, did did this, did this cause this? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, which which caused which? And you try to figure that out. So we did that all on camera, and you can go back and see all of it. And um, we are doing the same thing to this year. Uh, we're already signed up for Lights Out 13. We're gonna head down there and uh, see if we can't we're kind of chasing a three. Uh, I, I really wanted to have a blow through door car in the threes. Um, there's all kinds of different v- opinions out there of who has the world's fastest blow through car door, blow through carb door car. Um, there's some top sportsman guys in like the PDRA stuff that say that they've been threes, but I've never seen a slip. So I don't know there. Um, I've seen some other radio guys that have done it and they've been, you know, four thirteen and such. So, we're gonna we're gonna try to get to the bottom of who has the fastest and hopefully I could take that home. But if not, still fun. I'll get that three second flip and I'll be a, a happy camper. I like it. I like
0: it. Yeah. I mean, you're gaining on it. Obviously, um, it takes a while to shake these things down and to figure out um, you know the best way to get there. But I mean, I know you are gaining on it. And so just to go back, I love the shameless self-promotion we're all about that here on the fast brackets podcast um so that's great stuff so is that the best way for for our listeners to check in on you is that that bad influence garage on youtube or is there a facebook page or what else is there
2: both of them actually we have our three platforms that we use the most are instagram facebook and youtube and uh, bad influence garage on all three platforms you can follow us on there. We do a lot of fun stuff. Uh, we do some sponsor promotions and things like that on there as well. Uh, we show a lot of sponsor stuff. So uh, if you're, like I said earlier, with Brad Edwards and we, with AFCO, we show some AFCO stuff on there. We we do use a lot of the AFCO products. For We also have a shop up here where we build cars, and uh, the AFCO products are really cool. So if you, if you think it's more, or if they just do shocks, you get a look at their entire catalog. That's exactly they right. Have Oh, my gosh, it's huge. Sorry, sorry to go down that. <laughs>
0: no, that's, that's exactly right.
2: They, they, I mean, we use brake calipers that they have because they're actually lighter than, uh, I, I won't say others, but they're lighter than some other ones out there, and they give a better st- a clamping force because of the aluminum and the way that they're built, which is amazing to, to be able to have. And it, you can swap it in place of another one. So it's not like you have to buy all new brackets and everything for it. Um, it it'll go right in place. Um, we have a 57 um, Bel Air that uh, AFK did a custom built radiator for us right. uh, for the show car, so it's all polished and everything. It goes in front of the heater core or the uh, core support, um, on it, so you can have the bigger engine and you can have a nice uh, belt drive system and everything on it that doesn't run into it. So they right. do a lot of really fun stuff as well as shocks that like we use their shocks on our car, obviously, but uh, like their their big gun shocks for big tire stuff and wheelie bars. Man, for uh, for an out of the box shock, yeah, I don't think you can get anything better.
0: Right? Yeah, no, I'm with you. And it it is to your point. They make a lot of products, and uh, you know you can you can finish up a car pretty good that way. Um, well, that that is great stuff, Greg. I appreciate you spending some time with us. Um, we're definitely going to check out the Bad Influence Garage and um and you know i'm sure if nothing else you're probably happy to get away from minnesota in february right that uh
2: absolutely (laughs) i'm always always excited to get out of minnesota in february because last year it was about 30 to 40 below when we left here and we got to georgia and it was 70 degrees we had a hundred degree swing um so (laughs) yeah that was that was an interesting one but uh, if it's something that uh, the the listeners like and everything, um, we'll be down there. We're down there for about a week, and um, maybe give us a holler while we're down there. I could probably pull away for 15 minutes and give you guys an update of what's happening while we're down there. So, oh, I love um, it. Just yeah. keep keep us in mind, and we can always uh, you know talk with you some more about what's
0: going on. Yeah, that'd be great. I think we're gonna do plan on exactly that, um, and then you know your secrets safe with me. If uh, if you call back home and. Tell the wife that, uh, you know, something broke down. You have to spend another week in Georgia afterwards. I mean, I I would get that for sure. And your secret is safe with us.
2: Okay, yeah. I, I don't know if she listens to too many automotive podcasts because she listens to me talk about it 24-7, so we can even just say it on here and hope for the best.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, Greg, appreciate your time today. Um, certainly wish you well, um, you know, the rest of the winter and um, and then when you get down to uh, Georgia for lights out. So uh, good luck with all that, and I appreciate your time today. Guys, girls, that was Greg Schmidt, Outlaw um radial versus the world competitor um greg schmidt as we hit the mile per hour cone let's go back to something we talked about last week last week we talked about the manned aircraft and the drones that were drag raced for the first time ever in the in an official drag race they were these were manned flying drones they went up about 50 feet in the air then they uh raced essentially an eighth mile track um, or airspace and i just want to follow up in a little bit on that i did look into it because it got me excited i do not like all the traffic and i thought what a cool way to avoid a traffic jam. Um, and there is a retail version of this for a cool $92,000, 92, 92 gur. You can pick one of these bad boys up. The problem is they only go about 60 miles an hour and it appears like they only will go about 45 minutes before they need recharged. That to me is simply not long enough even if they have the most accurate battery charger gauge ever invented. I simply do not want to drop in on my neighbors or anyone else if I don't pay close enough attention to the battery gauge. Can you even imagine if Kramer was flying one of these things and decided to push the empty gauge and landed right on your roof? Um, In my opinion, these things are not quite ready. I would not spend that cash on that thing at all. Um, That said, in the great words of Marty McFly, I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet. But your kids are gonna love it. All right, let's bring this thing back in. Let's take a peek in the other lane. Let's do it. Let's take the stripe. There it is, guys, girls. That is the show. It's time to pull the shoots on episode number 87. There it is. There's the wind light and Gloria. Guys, girls, we had a great week this week. We got to talk drag racing again. I think we all agree that we have something to be thankful for. Um, And we had some great guests on. I mean, they were outstanding. First of all, Parker Theobald, a rising star out of St. George, Utah. And also Greg Schmidt. He is a radial versus the world standout from Brainerd, Minnesota. Uh, they were both fantastic. Uh, but if you have comments, questions, or curse words for me, you know there are three ways to get at me. One is on the Facebook page using Messenger. Secondly, you can find me researching manned, droned airplanes. Um, or you can use the email at outlook.com. Guys, girls, I hope you enjoyed the show. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe.
2: you put down the gauntlet so i went and did my research and it turns out i was correct the 1987 buick grand national gnx was the fastest production car in 1987
0: uh that is uh nicely done chris um absolutely the grand national absolutely would have been the baddest of the land in 87 and had we moved forward with such a such a shtick um on on every episode the grand national would have overridden the dumb irock camaro of that 87 year for sure that is nicely done uh, those are bad boys i mean v6 or not they were bad bad boys back in the day
1: well speaking of bad boys i did a little more research and uh,
2: looked up um greg schmidt's car that thing looks pretty tough um, I think he, uh, certainly qualifies as a certified podcast, uh, podcaster.
0: You know what? Um, he probably does deserve to get podcast certified. Uh, to be fair, I have, uh, you know what? I, I need to pay more attention. I probably need to certify someone. I'm not sure if the rules will allow me to go back and certify anyone in retrospect, Chris. Uh, posthumously, so to speak, um, but uh, I probably need to—I need to do a little research on the fast bracket nation rules when it comes to that.
2: Nobody died. You guys just slid upside down in your cars. Oh well, <laughs> no posthumous. It,
0: it felt like we died. Wishing everyone a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Today's episode was brought to you by AFCO Racing Products. For over three decades, AFCO Racing Products has focused on one goal, deliver high quality racing products to those who compete to win. In drag racing, you only get one chance to get it right. Choosing quality components from the start leads to round wins and ultimately leads to championships. At AFCO Racing Products, they engineer, manufacture, and produce four-way shocks, struts, and double adjustable shocks, complemented by a complete lineup of springs to support the entire range of drag racing competitors. If you are bracket racing today and future plans include top dragster or top sportsman, they have the correct shock package for you at every stage of your racing career. For tech support, quality, and superior on-track performance, think AFCO Racing Products.